Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Guys, listen to the best wrestling podcast in the UK, Stu's Wrestling Podcast. You're listening to Stu's Wrestling Podcast. It's time for British Wrestling's Sharpshooter, your host, Stu Palmer. A warm welcome, we are back with Stu's Wrestling Podcast 2021. It's a new year, lots of resolutions from everyone, I'm sure. We are back, that's one of the resolutions I've got to keep every year. And today's guest comes all the way from Indianapolis, Indiana. Guest today is Far Bablin, a veteran and also a mainstay MCIW. We've obviously spoken to the MCIW owner in the past, Mr. Bobo Brazil Jr. So it was an absolute pleasure to get... Bobo's good friend, Far Bablad, on the show for this episode, getting us into 2021. Trained by the legend in wrestling, Dick the Bruiser, many, many years ago. MCIW hoped to run at the Tyndall Armory. That was a mainstay for Dick the Bruiser's shows back in the day. Oh, talks about his tips for guys wanting to get into the business and get into a reputable wrestling school. You'll get to hear his insight on that. It'd be very interesting for you guys who are looking to get into the industry, who want to become wrestlers. Lots of great advice. So without further ado, we are back for 2021, episode 60 of Stu's Wrestling Podcast with Far Bad Blood. Enjoy. My guest, all the way from Indiana in the good old US of A, it is Far Mr. Larry Jones on the line, on the video this afternoon from Indiana. How's it going, sir? That's fine. Welcome, everybody, over in the UK. Larry, before I talk about career and stuff like that, I think it'd be more fitting to speak about more current times. How has the pandemic been for you and your family, sir? That's, that's going to be the first question I always start with at the moment. Everything for my family has been uh, fine. My kids have been fine. Uh, my grandkids have been fine. Um, my uh, spouse, my wife, is Chinese, and even her family over in China has been fine. 
That's good. That's good. To, sorry, that's good to hear. That's, that's that's the main thing. Everyone's fit, fit and well. Uh, how how have shows been over there for you? I know you got MCIW. How 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 have the shows been? Have you been running stuff? Well, back in March, MCIW kind of got because of COVID. Uh, we kind of got shut down. We were supposed to return to the Tyndall Armory here in Indianapolis, which is famous because that's where the my first trainer and the world's most dangerous wrestler, Dick the Bruiser, wow. all his shows was filmed out of the Tyndall Armory in Indianapolis. And Bruiser died in 1991. So to the best of my knowledge... No other wrestling federation has been in the Tyndall Armory. And we were supposed to go back last May. Well, COVID stopped that. We were supposed to go over for a two-week thing in Japan, myself, and 20-time, 22-time Wrestling Hall of Famer and the legendary Bobo Brazil Jr. was supposed to go to Japan for two weeks. COVID wiped that out. I was supposed to leave um, in... Uh, October 29th to film a zombie movie over in Japan. COVID wiped that out. Oh, no. Uh, Bobo was trying to set up for me to team with Road Warrior Animal, which COVID wiped that out. And now, unfortunately, may he rest in peace, Road Warrior Animal has passed away. I can't believe so, like, all, that, all, yeah. that, all that stuff you've had lined up, man. And Japan, incredible. I'm sure that'll, that'll happen you know, eventually, but I feel for you there, man, because I bet you were really excited to do all them projects and go and wrestle over there. Yeah, it was, uh, it was heartbreaking, but, um, you know, I feel that for some reason, um, it wasn't, uh, God's plan for us to do it right now. I know at some point in time, if it's meant to be, it'll happen. Um, Obviously not with the Road Warrior Animal thing, which the Road Warriors, you know, obviously it was was my idols, and that's what Thor is based off of that their persona. Mm -hmm. But um, if it's meant to happen, it'll happen, and I have faith that uh, uh, MCIW, myself, Bobo, and all the other superstars of MCIW will be back rocking and rolling. We uh, actually started shows in Salem, Indiana, mm -hmm. which is two hours south of me, uh, back in June. And November 21st, here in Indianapolis at the Sarah Grata, we get to return to Indianapolis and do our first show since March. How many people can you admit to the shows? What's your, what's your safety levels on in terms of attendances and patrons coming in to watch, watch you guys? Right now, as far as we know, there is no restrictions. Um, we're still trying to keep safety protocol at this point in time. Um, Indiana, uh, November the 14th, is supposed to make the determination whether it can open up scales completely if it can eliminate uh, the wearing of masks. So we're still kind of waiting to see what November 14th decision um, by the governor and everybody else um, makes. But at this point in time, we're rocking and rolling, selling tickets. All VIP seats have just about been sold um, completely out. Um, general admission tickets are rolling out the door pretty good. So we're really pleased that Indianapolis 
um, is excited to get wrestling, especially MCIW, back up here in Indianapolis. People need wrestling, Larry. Simple as that. It's all well and good. It's all well and good restrictions and stuff. But yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you're able to run shows at full capacity, man. Because the fans, I'm sure the fans are looking forward to being part of the show. And and you as the the workers, the wrestlers too, man. Go goes hand yeah. in hand, doesn't it? Everybody's excited. Everybody's been sharing the post, and I've been getting on doing my. I know you've watched. But if any fans out there want to go to Thar Bad Blood on Facebook, you can see where we're going to wrestle, where we're doing meet and greets. You can watch my promos talking about sticking sticks up people's butt and calling them suckers and lollipops and all kinds of stuff. So, um, And we've also got the MCIW website, which is also on Facebook. And if you want to go to www.mciwrestling.com, mciwwrestling.com they can check out our website see about our wrestlers myself Bobo um, Sexy Sean Casey Stan Sierra uh, Harley Fairfax who is my tag team partner Um, it's got a lot of our wrestlers talks about their history where they've been where they want to go what titles they've held so forth and so on family it's a family environment isn't it the shows as well the shows you're putting on yes it's we're very family friendly yeah um if you come there you can bring your littlest child or your great great grandma it's not going to matter they're not going to hear any cussing inappropriate behavior you're not going to have a wrestler grabbing his um uh lower extremities or anything like that so it's very family friendly anybody and everybody is welcome that's nice. I, I'm not. I'm not against extreme side of wrestling. I do like it. I'm not. It's not my favourite thing. I like traditional. I like the old school values of the business as a fan. So it's it's nice. It's nice to hear that you know it doesn't matter what age you are. You can come to MCIW as a family with your friends, with your grandma, etc. And you can have a good time, man. That's that's cool. That's cool to hear. Yeah, Bo, who owns MCIW. Bobo's been in the business for 47 years. And as you know, his dad, Bobo Sr., was the first African-American heavyweight champion ever. So Bo was to keep up that tradition. Absolutely. I was trained by Dick the Bruiser, originally in Mitsu Arakawa, who also instilled that in me uh, for the short time that I was training with them before Bruiser passed. Um, As a child, my dad and Bruiser were friends. So if you go to any of those old Bruiser shows on Facebook, not Facebook, uh, YouTube, and you see the deputy sitting out there, that little 9 and 10-year-old kid sitting right behind him, that's yours truly sitting back there getting an education (laughs) at an early, early age. I think it'd be quite fitting now to segue... She was saying about Dick the Bruiser training you. How did it come to be? When did you first begin training? How was it? And just the way Dick the Bruiser trained you, because I know there's a lot of guys training people these days, and they're not all legit. They're not all legitimate, are they? You've got to find yourself a decent trainer, haven't you? Yeah. Um, (coughs) Unfortunately, it's hard to find a a good trainer nowadays because – 
you do have these backyarders that um, they go to YouTube, they watch a few things, and they think, hey, I can go out and train people. And when you get somebody like that, more than likely you're going to get hurt or the people you're wrestling is going to get hurt. And it's not that it's going to be possibly a broken arm or a knocked-out tooth or a broken nose. You could get a broken neck. You could get a spine injury. You could die because you're not getting trained properly. Now, when Bruiser and Mitsu trained, they trained the old style way. You know, you had to be in shape. You had to make sure that you worked out. You had to take your bumps. You had to know how to, to do the hits properly to make sure that you didn't hurt yourself or the person you're working. And Bo tells anybody, if somebody tells you that they want to do a move that you're not safe with and you're not familiar with, then don't do it. You know, and unfortunately, a lot of wrestlers come to you, you know, and say, hey, my finishing move is um, the high butt smash flip or something like that. And you're like, what the heck is that? You know, and it may be just something as a simple uh, flop off of the top turnbuckles or something like that. But they've came up with their own name. And if you don't know what it is, you're going to get yourself hurt or hurt them because you're not going to be where you need to be to make sure nobody is injured. Larry, how was the training and then transitioning into your first match? What sort of time frame are you working on? Because it differs from guy to guy, man. I've had a wide range of when people had their first match. So, yeah, you personally, from training to transitioning into fully-fledged wrestling going on the road, how long did that take for you, sir? Well, when I first started with Bruiser and Mitsu back in 1990, because of his association with my father, he trained on a, on a scale of where when he was in town and was available, because at that time he was still doing wrestling all over the world. So it was a matter of he would call and say, hey, you two fools, I'm going to be in town on such and such day. Meet me at Hoffmeister's gym or meet me at my house or we got the ring set up at the Tyndall for the show. Meet us there. So me and my partner at the time would show up and we would train. At that point in time, because we'd only had, I don't know, maybe a month and a half of time in before Bruiser passed, we never got any actual show ring time. All the time we had at that point in time was in ring training or lifting weights or whatever Bruiser had us doing for that day. One day, I think he, he needed something done at his house and we spent the whole day carrying stuff in and out of his house. So that was our training for the day. Um, once I went back into it uh, six years ago at the age of 50, um, because of my age and my build and everything else, um, we trained approximately a month or so before they put me and my tag team partner at that time into a match. Um, both of us at the time were, were both very athletic. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I had played football. I had done mm-hmm. bodybuilding. I had done one strongman contest, worked out every day. My then tag team partner um, had done strongman contest and won strongman contest all over Indiana. He had all kinds of trophies for strongman contest. So we were both very physically fit and in shape. Um, so it wasn't hard for us to kind of translate and learn what needed to be done for us to get into the ring, you know, within a month or so. Some people, they, they don't catch on quick. Um, it may take them six months. It may take them a year. It just depends on the person, uh, the trainer, the trainer's confidence in who they're training to know that they're going to go in there and not hurt somebody or hurt themselves. And the wrestler's confidence. If the wrestler feels that he's not ready, by all means, please tell your trainers, I don't know if I'm ready for an all-out match in front of spectators. And the trainer should respect that Mm -hmm. to not put you in because they're not going to want themselves to look bad. People thinking, well, so-and-so don't know how to train. Look how bad this guy is or whatever. Or somebody gets hurt. And then that trainer's feeling, you know, like poop because, oh, my God, I trained this guy and he hurt himself or he hurt his opponents. You know, we all go in there to compete against each other. Some of us go in there, you know, because there's some people that we're going to wrestle on the 21st that want these tag team titles for me and Harley. And lucky for them, right next door, is a funeral home. We've already made reservations for them. So all they got to do is be drugged over there. But we all go in there to compete. We really don't want to have to hurt the other guy. But, well, you know, if it happens, sometimes it just happens that way. What were some of your favorite matches going back, you know, maybe back a bit, maybe even a more... Recent times, who have you had the pleasure of getting it in there with, and who have you enjoyed getting in there in there with? Sorry, and who's who's tested you? Who's tested you? That's what I was going to ask. Um, when we first started and got in there, um, we really had some good, and I really had some good matches against Scarecrow, uh, Spider Murphy, and Cousin Cooter. And then as we moved on down the thing. I had the great Pookie that I had the chance to wrestle. Excellent wrestler. Very, very tough competitor. Then I had wrestled Bobo Brazil Jr., the legend himself. And if you want a good butt beating and a a chop that's going to rock you until next year, he's the guy to be in the match with. I enjoy... Wrestling against Baron Von Kane. Baron is a associate relative of Baron, the great Baron Von Raschke. Mm-hmm. I thought, I thought. Baron Von Kane gets that claw hold on you. You better find a way to get out of it quick, or otherwise, it's nighty night, brother. I'm going to scoot into when you were obviously you're from Indiana and it was territorialized years ago. What territories did you watch as as a youngster when you were younger, man? 
Um, younger, obviously, it was um, in person. A lot of it was Dick the Bruiser's, uh, at the time it was called uh, Bruiser's Bedlam. Went to a lot of matches. Like I said, my dad worked all the matches. So as a kid growing up, I went to a lot of them. Um, some AWA. Um, had the, the privilege of not only seeing, but meeting many times the Road Warriors, as you can tell. Stan Hansen, um, Baron Von Raschke, uh, the Freebirds, Ox Baker, Bobo Sr., uh, Sam Maniker, Bobby Heenan before he became wow. a manager when he was pretty boy Bobby Heenan. Wow. Um, Wilbur Snyder, The Crusher, um, Jim Cornette, met him when he was there, um, saw the NWA, um, me and my buddy traveled down to New Orleans for the uh, first, uh, Crockett Cup, wow, uh, to wow. see the Road Warriors hoist the first cup above their head. Um, WWF when it would come to town or here close and then WWE and now um, I've wrestled in many different things um, with Bo um, big time international wrestling obviously uh, the world famous MCIW um, wrestled in WCW DCCW, PWK, um, just to name a few. That's, that's quite the list. That is quite the list. What a, what a list. Also, I'd like to know, you're in, you're in the business now, in the modern form of the business. What are your thoughts on modern wrestling, stuff we see on TV? What's your perspective on that? Well... It doesn't seem like they've got the personalities mm -hmm. that they used to in the WWE. There's a few that are still good. Uh, not that they're not good, but I mean, when it comes to mic time and doing, hold on just a second, please. When it comes to doing promos or interviews, um, you know, the guys of the past, uh, the Ric Flair's, the Andersons, um, you know, Sting, the Road Warriors, Buzz Sawyer, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock. When they got on there and did their promos and talked about their upcoming matches and what they're going to do to their opponents and everything, the fans got hyped up. They wanted to go see that match. They wanted to go see them get beat up or beat up somebody. And today's there's there's a few out there, but the the WWE just don't seem like some of them wrestlers give that pop to get the fans motivated and excited. And I know with COVID nineteen or yeah, COVID nineteen, it's hard to talk to monitors when you don't have a live crowd out there. And I do sympathize with all of them because it's hard to sit there and look at thousands of monitors 
when you're used to thousands and thousands of fans screaming at you. It does get you motivated. Um, I'm not a big fan of, you know, and this goes back to the old style because of Bruiser's training, uh, Bobo Brazil Jr.'s training. Um, I don't, I might climb off the top uh, the top ropes and dive off and do clotheslines and stuff like this. But I, I, it seems like everybody now in AEW, WWE, TNA, everybody wants to run and dive over between the second and third ropes or dive over the top, you know, the top rope onto the opponents on the outside. And it just seems like everybody is doing that and everybody wants to do that. And that's fine if that's their persona and that's what they want to do. That's not personally my style. Um, I'm not knocking them for doing that. That's what they, you know. Um, but to me, if you do that over and over, there's still concrete underneath there that you're landing on over and over again. And it concerns me that is that constant doing that going to shorten your wrestling career because you're constantly landing on that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, we're there to entertain the fans. And, but why, why, and this is just me personally, constantly landing on concrete and jumping onto your opponent, diving over that stuff. That's probably going to shorten your wrestling career. And if you land wrong or miss it, it's going to shorten that mass pretty quickly. Um, but I guess that's the only thing that I see different from the past as wrestlers to today's. Um, you know, back in the 80s, you didn't see um, the Four Horsemen, the Midnight Express, the Freebirds, um, Stone Cold, The Rock. You didn't see these guys running and diving over the top ropes on the people on the outside. And I just think it's uh, just a different era and just a different wrestling choice for myself. And God bless anybody that wants to run and dive over that top rope onto the outside of the concrete. So. Are you aware of um, Volta in NXT UK? The big Austrian dude? We don't get a whole lot of, I mean, outside of AEW, um, WWE, obviously, and um, every once in a while now, TNA is on. But um, here in Indiana, we don't get a whole lot of out-of-country transmissions. I'm going gonna, gonna to send you the match. Uh, just going off, you know, you're saying about you know, the, the space, the big men in the business isn't there in modern wrestling. You will love, you will love Volta. He's incredible, and he's just had a match. Uh, the guy's Russian, but he's got a German background. Ela Dragunov on NXT, the UK side of it. So they they've wrestled across Europe already, and a lot of the American audience have, have seen this match. Cornet, you know how much Cornet's not a fan of modern wrestling. He has been praising the match that they've had for the NXT UK Heavyweight Title. So great. 
I'll send yeah, you. Send it to me. I will send it to you because it is. It's the match of the year. It's in in the you know the top end promotions. It, it's it's incredible. Let's see what AEW do tomorrow night because they've got a hell of a card tomorrow night. But you will love it. I'm telling you. And the build up. They've had the build up for weeks. Um, Volta was chopping him. Uh, it, there's, there's space. There's space for a big man in the business. Uh, just look Good. at Keith. Look at Keith Lee, Larry. Keith Lee. Oh yeah. Keith Lee's incredible. What a guy he is. When he went um, Monday and dove over that top rope to the outside, that means 300 pounds, and I'm thinking, God bless him for doing that. Because, man, I don't know if – I'm pretty gutsy for being 56. (laughs) And I I do a lot of stupid stuff. Just ask my family. Yeah. I don't know if I'm ready to go diving over the rope under the outside. Now, if the money's right, oh, yeah, I'll dive off anything. <laughs> so. that's, that's fair enough, man. That's fair enough. What would be your tips for guys getting into the business? I love asking guys, especially the amount of years you've been in the business. They'll take a lot from your history and, and your perspective of the business. So, yeah, just tips for guys who want to become a wrestler, want to get into the business. Thor. A.K.A. Larry E. Jones's tips. My my first tip is get a good trainer. Get one that is certified. Get one that's been in the business for a while. Can show you matches. Um, maybe ask them, who have you trained? Mm-hmm. Where did you train? Who was your trainer? Uh, maybe see some matches of the wrestlers that they've trained. Maybe see some of their matches when they wrestled. Um, don't go into it blindly. Sit down and talk with your significant other and family members because there is potential for injury. Sometimes you actually do get injured un- unintentionally. Mm-hmm. Um, and possibly could be an intentionally. Um, but make sure that everybody's on the same page. You know, your trainer, your family, your significant other. Um, and don't take it lightly. Get into the business because you truly love the business and you want to be in the business. Don't be in it just because you want to get a big head. And, and you want to take pictures and sign autographs or, you know, get a belt. Um, don't get into it for that reason. Get into it because you truly want to entertain the fans, no matter where that's at. That's cool. That's my advice for people wanting to get in. It's not, it's not for the faint of heart, is it, Ivor? I know guys... Guys over the years, especially over here in Wales in the UK, oh, that's easy, that. And I said, right, okay. I said, you get you get in there. I said, you start training. I said, you'll be spewing and hooking your guts up. I said, you've got to be conditioned to do it. They all think it's easy, don't they, when they watch it on television. But it's 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 for the it's for the uh, few, not the many, isn't it, wrestling, getting into it? Yes. And to do it right, mm-hmm. um, the way it needs to be done, um, you just got to have a heart for the business. Mm-hmm. It, it it's it's a tough business. Um, 
there's a lot of friendship. There's a lot of camaraderie. But there's also a lot of backstabbing. Yeah. There's also a lot of jealousy that's involved in it. Mm-hmm. Um, some wrestlers and some federations, there's going to be some drama going on because this person thinks that they deserve to be the top spot and this person does thinks they deserve to have the top spot and and so forth and so on. But um but it's like any sport, you know, yeah. whether you play soccer, football, basketball, somebody someplace is gonna be jealous that the other guy's yeah on top right then and, and they don't want to wait their turn. Another thing I've noticed in the business here of late, um, the rookies, uh, the guys that are green, they don't respect the vets, um, and they don't respect the true tradition of where where wrestling came from. Um, those of us that are are in the business and have been in the business. You know, when you go into a locker room, whether you know the guys, you don't know the guys, it's your first time, it's your millionth time there. Guys, go around and and shake everybody's hand. If it's your first time there, go in there, hey, I'm Thar, nice to meet you. And you are, okay, hi, I'm Thar. Make sure you do everybody. Make sure you even talk to the refs. Touch base with them. Let them know who you are. Uh, let the sound people know who you are. Make sure you bring your music with you if you're going to a new federation um, or organization so that person's got your music and doesn't have to delay the show or anything else tracking you down to get your music, get where you're from, get your specs. Um, when you get there, take all that. Um, make sure you listen to what the promoter wants. You know, if the promoter says, ask you for an ideal or a suggestion, give it to him. But otherwise, if the promoter says the other guy's going over, you're going over, do what the promoter says. Because that's who's going to bring you back the next time or not bring you back the next time. Thank you, man. I appreciate you going into a bit of depth for that. And yeah, I think I think there's not enough respect from guys, from what I can see from a fan perspective. You go into that locker room, as you say, and just make yourself known. It's it's common courtesy, isn't it? It's not just in wrestling. Oh yeah, everywhere. And don't if you don't get a big head about yourself. No. If a fan, I don't care whether it's the littlest fan or the oldest fan in the entire world. They pay their hard-earned money to come see you. If they ask you for a picture um, with their cell phone or an autograph on their ticket stub, if at all possible, do that. Because that fan wants that because they're your fan. And if you want them to keep paying to see you and you want to keep going to promotions because your fan base honor and respect the fans. If you're a heel, you can still say, Hey, give me that. I'll sign it. I shouldn't sign it the way you're acting, the way you <laughs> look, something like that. But give them that autograph. 
take a little picture with him. It's only going to take a couple seconds and move on. You know, um, the fans appreciate it, and that's what's going to keep them coming back um, to see you. That's my thoughts, my opinion. Larry, Thor, where can we find you in terms of social media? Also, if you want to plug MCIW2, just to close out, please. Yes. Um, again, if you're on Facebook, it's Thar, T-H-A-R, Bad Blood. MCIW is also on Facebook. We've also got a website, www.mciwwrestling.com. And fans, make sure you click it, like it, let us know. Let us know about how you feel about wrestling. Um, Comments, good, bad, or different on this podcast today. But everybody, whether it's me, Bobo, or anybody else, tune in all the time to Stu's Wrestling Podcast. Because guess what? In the words of, unfortunately, may they rest in peace, Road Warrior Hawk, Mm -hmm. this podcast is a true Rush! (laughs) Thor, all the way from Indiana, thank you so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Thank you for sharing the insight as well. I love, I love, uh, I love asking about the inner work into the business and your, your perspective is great. You always get a different answer. So I can ask the same questions to you guys because, so it's just brilliant. Larry, cheers, man. Thank you, mate. And um, I hope your uh, wife starts feeling a little bit better. Should be all right. Should be all right. You've got to take care of the wives, mate. Yeah, tell her my prayers are with her. Prayers are with you, brother. If you need anything, just reach out because I'm here. Cheers, Mom. See you, man. episode is brought to you in association with Powered 4 TV so go and check them out for anything wrestling related old events new events when we come out of COVID podcasts you name it it's all there at Powered 4 TV so find them across social media Sports Social Podcast Network Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.